and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here and thank you very much for joining me for this episode. Later in the show we've got news on the KLR, the new 650, its price has been revealed. The Jixa Cup, it's here to stay and it's doing a great job at nurturing young talent. Matt catches up with a top-notch Harley-Davidson dealership and I give you a full rundown of the Lambs bikes in New Zealand right now. Before we go any further though, have you got your entries in for the Triumph Tiger Adventure Ride yet? April 16th, 17th, happening in Raglan. It's a navigational rally. There are two routes. You don't have to do gravel. If you've got uh, a beautiful looking bike uh, that you don't want to take on gravel, that's fine. We've got a gravel route of 395 kilometers and a sealed route of 385 kilometers. And even more good news, you don't have to necessarily ride a Triumph. All bikes are welcome. For more information on the Triumph Tiger Adventure Ride, we'd absolutely love to have you along and come and join us and have a yarn and have a beer and, and, and talk about all things motorcycling. Here you can email ttar at kiwirider.co.nz or jump on Facebook and search out the Triumph Tiger Adventure Ride. As I said, April 16, 17 in Raglan. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. What do you get for your money? Friday night, we've got a meal, sign on, you get a t-shirt, you get your sticker pack, you get your route sheets or if you want to go G GPS that's included as well and then Saturday we do the big ride Saturday night you get a meal and uh, it's at a licensed premises as well so um, all organised all you need to do is organise your own accommodation. We'll see you in Raglan April 16-17 for the Triumph Tiger Adventure Ride let's get into the news The 2022 Kawasaki KLR 650 New Zealand pricing has been confirmed Kawasaki New Zealand has confirmed the pricing of the 2022 KLR650, which is set to return to dealerships as early as August 2021. Pricing starts with the base model, which will feature ABS braking as standard, and be priced from $11,495, and it will initially be offered in pearl lava orange. The KLR650 Adventure model will arrive at the end of the year, currently slated for November-December, and be priced at $13,000. $295, plus on-road costs of course, thanks to its additional extras at the point of purchase. These include panniers, fog lamps, frame sliders, tank pad and DC and USB sockets. The 2022 Kawasaki KLR650 has been thoroughly updated for the 2022 model year. Instead of moving to a new engine, Kawasaki instead opted for modernising the 34-year-old 652cc single-cylinder part of the KLR, with the headline update being the addition of electronic fuel injection for the first time. Other engine upgrades include a revised intake and exhaust cam profile and a reduced exhaust diameter to improve mid-range power and torque characteristics. A stronger cam chain guide material and shape and increased reliability on top of the unit's already strong record. The 5-speed gearbox remains but Kawasaki say they have also made refinements to improve the shifting feel and reduce the weight. While the main section of the frame remains essentially the same as the old model, the subframe has been integrated into the frame to increase torsional rigidity for a more composed ride. 
A new 30mm longer swing arm also contributes to better handling. The overall weight of the KLR650 is still on the heavy side with the bike tipping the scales at 210kgs in base trim. The KLR650 Adventure, with its added crash protection and luggage, tips the scales at 222kgs. Aesthetically, the KLR650 leaps forward with all new LED headlights, but from the seat back, the bike looks very similar to the second generation. Other visual changes are a new taller windscreen, which is now 50mm taller for better wind protection, and features a two-position bolt-on adjustability that allows the windshield height to be increased by a further 30mm. For photos, specs and a whole lot more on the KLR650 for the 2022 model year, head to onthrottle.co.nz or pick up your copy of the latest Kiwi Rider magazine. Go to kiwirider.co.nz future of road racing in good hands with Suzuki Jixa Cup riders. He's not even a teenager yet, but already Bay of Plenty's Reeve Lee is turning heads on the motorcycling scene. Lee is only 11 years old, but with a special dispensation from the sports governing body, Motorcycling New Zealand, he was able to launch his road racing career at the third and final round of the New Zealand Superbike Championship, or NZSBK, at Taupo a couple of weekends ago. The young from Acacia Bay on the outskirts of Taupo was battling away at the weekend in the always popular Jixa 150 class, a nursery ground for aspiring road race talent where all riders are on identical Suzuki GSX-150F bikes, so it's totally a level playing field for all competitors. He finished his debut race appearance, fifth overall in the Jixa 150 class, improving as the weekend progressed, compiling an 884 scorecard over his three races. Lee is a nephew of Suzuki superbike hero Scotty Moyer. The Topo man is a remarkable two-time outright winner of the annual Suzuki International Series, and, not unexpectedly, he is the rider that Lee looks up to most. He says, I've just taught myself to ride and I've done a bit of motocross. He won the 9-11 year R 65cc class at MXFest in October last year. He says he received a special clearance to race at age 11 because he was able to prove he's no danger on the track to himself or others. He says this weekend at Taupo was his first big event, but he has ridden there before. His grandfather, Scotty's dad, George Moyer, encouraged him to give road racing a go with a set of riding leathers that used to belong to another current Suzuki Superbike ace. There was nothing to stop young Lee getting onto the tarmac. He goes on to say that hopefully he gets some wins on the Jixa 150 and then he might move up to a bigger bike. First created by Suzuki New Zealand in December 2017 with the aim of providing a starting ground and a pathway towards growing future champions, the Jixa Cup class was immediately slotted into the Suzuki International Series program and it proved to be a runaway success. Last year the Jixa Cup Series celebrated its fourth season with the Suzuki International Series and it has now well and truly established itself as the perfect competition for road racing novices. The story by Andy McGeekin at Bike sportnz.com for more photos and the full story head to onthrottle.co.nz or check out the latest edition of Kiwi Rider magazine kiwirider.co.nz I'm here with Barry Sproul dealer principal of Road and Sport Harley Davidson and well, you guys have just received a rather prestigious award not for the first time either you're uh, officially the best dealership in 
Australasia for Harley Davidson. Is that true? Yes, that is that is true. Um, we were very fortunate to be named in 2017 as the best dealer overall as well. And then uh, last week um, we were announced again as the 2020 uh, dealer of the year overall, as well as the small dealer category. So um, a tremendous effort from the team here at Road and Sport. So both Shelley and I are very proud of our team here and uh, we thank them very much for putting their best efforts in every day that they come to work. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Very unfortunate. Yeah, brilliant. And so you've won it before. What's are there a certain amount of judging criteria? How do you? How's it? Do you know how it's actually well run? Basically, how does Harley Australia New Zealand know who the best dealer is? Do you have any insight onto that? Well, we do have um, metrics to meet as a Harley dealership to deliver the best to customers, to give the customer the best experience. So we are measured very heavily on how that works. So. Customers play a big part in this, and obviously if we're not engaging very well or not looking after our customers very well, um, we wouldn't be doing this interview today. <laughs> so the, the bottom line is it's not, not just one thing, but it's several things that it involves, um, you know, from your customer service to your, to your product availability to your um, promotional activities to your dealership presentation um, to your staff qualifications. You know, like every staff member here um, is trained by Harley-Davidson and part of that training is Harley-Davidson University units and it's really important that they are up to speed with the product and the latest and particularly when it comes to technicians and the technical ability that people have these days, they need the training and so we're very heavy on training. So I think that's probably what got us across the line is because um, we just train, train and train and uh, while we're doing that, of course, we enjoy what we do. So, you know, when you're doing the right job, it's, it's a little bit easier to get across the line, I guess. But uh, no, no, full, I'm, I'm really chuffed with our team here. Like, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be talking to Matt today. And it's a real honour to actually be chosen as the, the dealer of the year again. Yeah, you're clearly quite proud of the smiles sort of from ear to ear there. Um, and so I noticed in the press release Harley Australia sent out that there's a cash prize in that. Does that go back on towards staff training or a bit of a, a party to celebrate? Um, or do you invest it back into the dealership? Because you guys invest quite heavily here. You just recently did read the front fascia and updated your branding and everything. So what's next? Well, what is next is um, obviously the prize will be used very wisely. And yes, it'll be, it'll be, a lot of it will be turned back into the business. Um, and... You know, like we, we like to reinvest in the business because Harley-Davidson as a company invest in, in the customer, they invest in the product and um, we found that uh, over the 30 years I've been a Harley-Davidson dealership, um, if you're not prepared to reinvest, um, you, you just won't make it. So it's a, it's a very heavy investing business and um, yeah, the prize money will obviously go towards um, hey, a big thank you, we'll have a, we'll have a, a, a big thank you get together and uh, treat the staff accordingly and um, obviously and keep the rest for a rainy day or, or reinvested in other activities for Harley-Davidson. Nice. Um, all right, so what, what do you actually think? So I'm sort of going a little bit off topic here, but so this is obviously a Harley thing. Harley-Davidson, as far as I know, is one of the only companies that actually sort of recognises great dealership performance and New Zealand-wide, I think that's kind of and other brands lacking, sort of, what do you think makes a great dealer experience as a dealer who's been recognised as a great dealer? Well, a great dealership experience, I think, at the end of the day, is judged by the customer. 
and um, what I like to do is um, put myself in the shoes of the customer and this is what all our staff do as well and it's all about well what can we do for you today how can we help how can we give you a better experience and that's our mantra really it's like let's look after our people let's look after our customers let's look after our staff and let's just do the right thing sweet so it's common sense really um I'm amazed some, I've had a couple of real bad dealership experiences in recent times and it's you'd think that's what the game is for everyone but it's sadly not do you think sort of more brands need to do sort of a dealership competition like Harley has to sort of up the game or is it just uh, you're a dealer and you wear it on your sleeve and your success rides on how good you are well I, I really do think that if a dealership really wants to excel they have to put the effort in and um, you know you hear stories about people not being so well loved or looked after by their dealership for whatever reason often that's because of a lack of training often often it's because of the people don't have the skills that are doing the serving uh, of the customer and so they're not delivering the customer what the customer is expecting yeah so it's really important to manage your customer expectations and to be able to deliver and it's, it's simple, really. It's like you turn up for work and you do your best job you can every day and you repeat it day after day after day. And that's the way I've done it for 42 years in the industry is I like to see a customer arrive, I like to see the customer engaged and smile, I like to see them leave happy and that's what I do. And that's what we do as a, at a staff level here. So everyone is on the same page. A lot of changes with Harley-Davidson at the moment and you guys are one of only a couple of live wire dealers in the country um, but there's also the Pan America coming out and a whole lot of cool stuff in the pipeline now what are you looking forward to most for 2021? Well I must say I, I must give a big plug for the Pan America we, we, we've been very spoiled with um, two fantastic products in the last 12 months one is the live wire of course which we're still buzzing about um, the Pan America will open up further doors as well and that's going to be a game changer for Harley Davidson because we're really just returning to the roots. Harley-Davidson used to ride on dirt quite, quite a lot when they first started making Harley-Davidson. So it's just a return to what used to happen and the, the product and the engineering uh, of this new bike is just phenomenal. If, if you look at the specs, um, you'll be blown away by the specs and the way the engineers have put this bike together. So you can't wait for it. Let's just look for those gravel roads and uh, let's go for it. Oh, cool. Well, I know a few uh, off over around Raglan, so um, when one arrives or when you've got a couple, I'm keen to have a go as well. We'll do that. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll be doing that. Yes. Brilliant. All right. Well, I think that probably wraps us up. And, um, yeah, once again, I'm at Road and Sport Harley-Davidson, dealer principal Barry Sproul. And, um, yeah, they are officially the best Harley-Davidson dealership in Australasia. That's including New Zealand and Australia. So um, thanks for your time, Barry, and um, congrats again. Thank you very much, Matt. Alright, so it's been a long time since we've talked learner bikes and I've compiled a bit of a list here, as many Lambs bikes in New Zealand as I could think of. Now we're going to start with the not so good, I don't want to say bad but mm, some of them aren't amazing. And at number 15, it's possibly the worst of the best, or the best of the worst. Suzuki's GSX-R250, it's practical, it's reliable, and if you squint from a distance it looks like the GSX-R1000, but calling it practical and reliable basically means it's boring. It's going to get you places 
meters, but ooh, that's pretty mediocre. And at number 14, the Honda CBR 300, the Rebel 300 as well there. Uh, enough to get you down the road, but nothing to wow or excite. Build quality, not amazing by all accounts either. And again, you can ride up to a 650 on a license, so a 300 is never going to quite scratch the itch, in my opinion. And at number 13, the Yamaha MT-03. The problem with this bike is that it has the engine from the R3 and fails to live up to the Monster of Torque title. It's okay, but that's why it's at the bottom of this list. Number 12, the BMW G310GS and G310R. A little bit more fun and life to be had here, but still quite underpowered for what they are. No real real power to be had until you get up to the top 15% of the rev range. And if you're going down this road, there are many G310Rs on the roads uh, with a facelift model coming out. Wait for the 2021 bike. Older ones are sure to hit the secondhand market pretty soon. The redeeming feature of this, of course, is that you can get the G310GS and with a good set of knobblies, you can actually take it off-road. It's quite capable. And at number 11, the Ninja 400, the Z400. Great if you can get them secondhand, but I wouldn't be buying one brand new. Basically, they lose too much money on the secondhand market. Number 10, the RC 390. Pretty much all I can say about that. Number 9, the Yamaha R3. Uh, this is further up the list than the MT-03, and essentially, because it's not trying to be something it's not. It's a baby sports bike. The looks are pretty good, and it's, you know, it, it is what it is. Number 8, the CB500X, the Rebel 500. Better build quality than the Honda 300s. Uh, you're getting up there in the engine capacity. They go a bit quicker. They uh, handle pretty well. But now we're getting into the safe picks. Here's some safe picks, especially if you're buying on the internet or buying new. Number seven, the Kawasaki 650 Parallel Twin, great and dependable, full LCD TFT screen, practical and cheap, no need to upgrade as soon as you get your full license. Number six, the Suzuki SV650, again, no need to upgrade straight away. You can ride it on your learners, you're restricted, and then you can pretty much de-restrict it when you get your full, although that's a grey area legally. Now we're getting into the bikes I actually recommend. These are the ones, the top five that I really, really enjoy. And you might think this one would have been number one, but at number five, the Yamaha MT-07. Awesome engine, light and playful, able to commute or go on road trips, brilliant as a weekend warrior, heaps of gear aftermarket. MT-07, number five. Number four, the Honda CBR650. This, by all accounts, has brilliant build quality, great suspension, it's a four-banger and it looks great. Number three, the Triumph Trident, possibly the single most important bike of 2021 because of what it brings to the table. We will test this bike as soon as we can, but from what we can tell right now, Triumph have their sights set firmly on the Yamaha MT-07. They've asked themselves, how can we take this bike and make it better? It's got great suspension and looks to kill. At number two, the KTM Duke 390 and the 390 Adventure. This is a full TFT display. It's got rider modes, traction control, and they're not stupidly expensive. The 390 Adventure you can get off-road with. That's a bonus, but it's not number one. What's number one? The Husqvarna Svartpilin 401. These are absolute lookers. They'll go on-road or off. They are cheap, and you don't see them very often, so they're kind of unique, plus fully adjustable suspension. If you're going to get a Lambs bike, get a Husky Svartpilin 401, um, or, of course, the other other four in the top five, the Yamaha MT-07, the Honda CBR650, the Triumph Trident, which is about to hit the roads in New Zealand, the KTM Duke 390 or 
390 Adventure. There you go. There's a full rundown on the Lambs Bike situation in New Zealand. Have I missed any? If I have, email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or get hold of us on Instagram or Facebook. And that about wraps up this episode. Thanks very much for tuning in. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. If you want to get hold of us for anything we've said in this podcast, or of course if there's anything we didn't say that we should have, you can email us, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. You can get hold of us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Get your entries in for the Triumph Tiger Adventure Ride, April 16-17 on Facebook. Search Triumph Tiger Adventure Ride or email ttar at kiwirider.co.nz. I've been Ray. Keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time.